The following message from Bible teacher and pastor Jim Crabb is brought to you by Imago Day Christian Fellowship in Westchester, Ohio. All right, you bring your Bible tonight. I'm in uh, the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 20. As much as I hate to ask them to not do that, but uh, we got to do this part of the, the business I don't know, we may read one verse and call them back up again. That'd be all right, man. I think they're just glad they didn't have to play the whole service like they've had to in a few times. In a <laughs> if there was no anointing on it, I wouldn't care. I'd try to get them to get done quicker. But when there's that kind of anointing on them, man, I've... It's good. Second Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 1. I'm preaching intentionally tonight. I hope you can know the secret of a of a of I think a preacher that is led by the Spirit. We we preach things on purpose and 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 I've just become more intentional in doing it to preach what I want and what I want to happen for you in your life. Right? So I'm going to, and this is, this is for the, the corporate body too. So it's us, for us individually, but it's also for us corporately. So I'm preaching what I want. I'm preaching what I want for myself. I want this to happen. And so I'm going to preach it. I, no, better said. I need this to happen, what I'm going to preach tonight. Amen? And, and we need it to happen here in the corporate house. Second Chronicles chapter 20. These are great verses. I might read a lot of them tonight. So I may read a while and shout a while and exhort a while on each one, but the, the story kind of preaches itself. In Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 1, and it came to pass after this also that the children of Moab, that's one of the bad guys, and the children of Ammon, that's bad guy number two, and with them uh, other beside the Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. So there's multiple enemies, came, bad guys, came against Jehoshaphat who was the king of Israel to battle. How many know sometimes you don't, you know, most of our lives are spent with something coming toward us to, to, to pick a fight? Huh? Maybe you did or didn't do anything about it. You might not have had anything to do with it. But, but all of a sudden something comes at you and you got to deal with it. You, you're in a battle. Right? That's, that's, but that's how we live. Then there came some, verse 2, that told Jehoshaphat, and they said, there comes a great multitude against you from beyond the sea on this side of Syria. And behold, they be in Hazazon Tamar, which is in Engedi. So there was a multitude of them coming against them. And Jehoshaphat feared, it's all right to be, be concerned, and said himself 
to seek the Lord. When it, when, what do you do when a multitude's, when all hell's breaking loose against you? I'll tell you what you do. You, you set yourself. In other words, you, you know what that means? You dig in. You dig in. You get in the trenches. You dig in and say, they're not coming beyond this. This, this far, that's what, you know, that's what you got to be. You got to be dug in, man, when the battle comes to you. Huh? I'll tell you, if you're not in a battle now, I'm telling you, man, that the devil's trying to plan one to come against you. That's just how we are because of what we do as believers, man. He's coming against us to try to stop us. All right, Jehoshaphat set, him, set, him, set himself to seek the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. That's good. Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord because the whole place was in trouble. And so they gathered together to seek the Lord. I, I'll tell you the truth. I think it's that time right now in America, in our churches, uh, with, with all that's going on in the world. I think it's that time. It's time because there's enough battles coming against us as believers, coming against our rights, coming against the, the church and the house of God, coming against the preachers, coming against the believers. That, that it's time to, we ought to do something about it. In other words, we're not just going to say, well, I guess we're going to be in a big battle and they're going to come and overtake us. You can't sit back and do nothing. You got you to dig in. And you got to set yourself. We're going to set ourselves to seek the Lord. And then we're going to fast. And we're going to pray. And ask God to help us through our battle. Listen now. And verse 5. And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah. In other words, he, the king became the preacher. That's good. And in, in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court. And Jehoshaphat, the king, he said this. He said, O Lord our God, the, uh, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? Aren't you, aren't you God in heaven? And rule us not, don't you rule over all the kingdoms of the heathen? And in thy hand there is not power and might so that none is able to stand with, withstand you? Isn't that you? He's not trying to talk God into it. He's trying to remind himself about it. You are the one that there is no power that can stand against you. You are the one that's able to defeat every enemy in our lives. Verse 7, are you not our God who did drive out the inhabitants of this land before the people Israel and gave it to the seed of Abraham thy friend forever? Isn't that you? 
have I made the right connection here, Lord? I know I have. Yeah, you, you drove out all the enemies and gave Abraham and his offspring land that they didn't own because you dealt with their enemies. Hallelujah. And they dwelt therein. In other words, Abraham's seed, verse 8. And they dwelt therein, and they have built you a sanctuary therein for your name. That's, you know why we have this church? Because we wanted a place where his name could be glorified. Somebody said, well, there's a lot of churches. Well, there are a lot of churches, but we need more churches. We need, we need more places where God's name will be magnified, where people will stand up and, and, and know what Jehoshaphat knew, that there's nobody that can stand against the God that I serve. I don't care if a multitude comes against me. Nothing's big enough to stand against me. And I'm going to win every battle that I'm in because, because God, the maker of heaven and earth, is the strength of my soul. Praise God, at this point I have preached myself happy and stirred up. Woo! They've built you a sanctuary therein for your name, saying, if when evil come upon us as sword or judgment or pestilence or famine, we stand before this house and in your presence, for thy name is in this house. And we cry unto thee in our affliction. And then you will hear us and you'll help us. You get what he's saying there? He's saying, I know you. That no matter what comes against us, swords, no matter how many swords come against us, no matter how many weapons, no matter how much pestilence comes against us, we know you, Lord. That when we stand in, the, in your sanctuary and we cry out, God, hear us and help us. That you will, at the end of that verse there in verse 9, you will hear us and help us. Say out loud, he's, he's heard me and he's helping me. Say it again, he's heard me and he's helping me. And now, verse 10 says, and now behold the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir where you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt but they turned from them and destroyed them not. Behold, I say, how they reward us to come and cast us out of the possession which you have given us to inherit. In other words, there was a time that we could have we killed all these guys. But, the, you know, we were good to them. We, 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 we didn't do that. Maybe they should have, but they didn't. Right? And now look at verse 11. Now, they're, now this is how they repay us? This is how they repay us for being merciful? They're, they decide to get more, more armies to come against us? To, and, and I love that. To, to the middle of verse 11. They've come to cast us out of our possession. That's a good truth right there. That, you got to know what's yours. You got to know what you got. You got to know what you got a right to. 
you got to know what your inheritance is. you got to know the promises of God that are already yours, that are given to you, because the devil is trying to come to stand in the place of your possession. In other words, he's trying to run you out of your place, and he's trying to possess that place that you were called and given by God to possess. I, I got a word for the devil tonight. I, maybe, th maybe this is me just talking back to the devil. I, I started it Sunday. I told you I'm going to roar back. And I'm roaring back like never before. I'm roaring back. I'm, I'm, I'm growling back. I'm sharpening my teeth against the wicked one. And I'm going to let him know that you are not going to have any part of my possession. God gave me everything that I have. God has given me all of his promises. God has given me land. God has given me people. God has given me an anointing. God has given me all the, the, the birthright that I have. And I'm not just going to like Esau. You know what the Bible says about Esau? You know what he did? He despised his birthright. In other words, he didn't, he didn't esteem it and value it. Jacob, on the other hand, was willing to fight for it and get it, get it no matter how, and he needed a little sanctification along the way to, to get it. But the point was God was moved by Jacob because he cared about it. He wasn't just going to be pushed around. He wanted that birthright. But Esau gave up his birthright and didn't allow God to get in his life to help him get what God had already promised him. And that's, what, that's how a lot of believers are. They just let the devil come and take their possession. You've got a right to certain things according to the Bible. Now, you don't have a right to anything that's not yours. But man, there's enough we got a right to that we can pray and shout and sing and dance about it for the glory of God. Don't let him come and take and drive you out of your possession. Huh? Hallelujah. Verse 12. Oh, our God, won't you judge them? For we have no might against this great company that comes against us. Neither know we what to do. But I'll tell you what, our eyes are on you. No, that's, that's good. Isn't it? He said, <laughs> he said we, don't have, we don't have enough power against all this multitude. And besides that, even if we had the power, we don't know what to do. That's what he said. How many know? You don't have to know what to do. And you don't. <laughs> you know, of all my, in all my life, in my ministry, God, he never does give me the full plan. Huh? I say, well, what do you want me to do? This is a big deal here. So what, what do you want me to do? He said, I want you, I want you. I, I've, I've confessed this before. I heard somebody say it years and years ago, and it stuck with me. You know what you do when you don't know what to do? Well, you go as far as you can see. 
You just go as far as you can see. Let's say I could just see right over here. So I'd go here. But you know what? When you get, where, when you get as far as you can see, then you know what you'll do? Then you'll see farther. You'll, that, that's what my life has been. This pieces of I'm just doing what I, what I think I ought to do. Some of it's weird stuff. Some of it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But I'm going as far as I can see. That's all you got to do. And you don't know how you, you don't know how to you know have to know how to do it. Huh? That's that's good news for somebody other than me, isn't it? The truth is, I haven't known how to do anything he's ever asked me to do. I don't know how to do this. I've never known. I didn't know how to pastor a church. And and I, and I just but, but I went as far as I could see and, and got in there and started pastoring the church. Hmm? I, I mean, I, I say this a lot, but it, I think it's significant. I'd only preached one time when I became the pastor. I didn't know how to preach. I didn't know how to study for a message. I didn't know... I mean, I'd heard other people preach things out of the Bible and I'd memorized some verses and stuff but I didn't know anything about that. I didn't know, I, I, didn't, I didn't really, and I'd watch my pastor, but, you know, that's like, that's like watching a doctor do what he does and think you can just watch him and, and then you know what to do. That's, well, man, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to become a leader. Huh? But God, God gave me some vision. And God said, and, and here's, I'm going to tell you, your pastor, me, if I'm your pastor tonight, you're in good shape. You know why? Because I don't have enough power. I don't know, I don't have enough power to deal with the devils that we got we to gotta all deal with. I don't have that. And I don't know what to do. I used to, when people come and say, well, we're in business and we in our business, you know, we have a five and a 10-year plan. Some businesses even have a 25-year plan. Now, so, so we think the church is, is like a business, so what's your five-year plan? I said, here's my five-year plan to do that verse right there, to keep my eyes on him. Huh? That's what, I, that's, what I, that's what I've been doing for all the years that I've been in the ministry and been a born-again Christian. Sarah and I don't know what to do, but I'll tell you, we know, I don't have to know what to do, and I don't have to have the power to fix it. I just know who to look to. Huh? So you're in good shape because your preacher is weak, and your preacher doesn't know what to do, but praise God, your preacher knows who to look to. I'm looking up. I'm looking to him. I'm keeping my, and I like what he said right there. He said, I will keep my eyes on you. That's what we do. You know what we do? We'll look up and then we start looking around. Huh? You got to quit looking around and look up. I want you to know, if you're just looking sideways, horizontally, you know what? The, I'll, I'll tell you this. These people don't know what to do either. 
So don't look at them for some great answers. They got their own battles going on. They don't know what to do. And they don't have the power. So don't look sideways or horizontally. Look up. But I'll tell you this. Make sure you never look down in discouragement. If you're feeling discouraged tonight, I rebuke that foul spirit off you. That depressive, you know, that sad, melancholy thing that can get on people. Huh? If that's on you tonight, you get it off of you by the name of Jesus. I speak to it as your shepherd tonight to get off you in the name of Jesus and for it to be replaced with double joy coming into your life. That depression's not going to grab you and drown you. I've watched depression literally drive people out of the kingdom of God and, you know, discouragement. I'm not talking about, I'm just talking about, well, any kind of depression will. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a bad thing. But some people have more physical things that cause it. I, I, but I'm just talking to, to us and our situation. Sometimes you just get, you just feel like you want to, have a pity party and stuff, right? It doesn't do any good. Huh? Our eyes are upon you. That's what we're doing. That's our five-year plan, our 10-year plan, our 25-year plan. When we get to 25, that'll be our 50-year plan. Huh? We're going to, I'll tell you, I, I mean it, man. No matter what we're going through, what are you going to do, Pastor? I don't know what I'm going to do because I don't know what to do. I don't have enough power to fix it, but all I know is this, is I know who to look to. I'm looking up. Huh? Everything I've ever gotten in my life, it's because of what? Because I kept my eyes on Him, in, in God. I got the right girl, not because I was looking. I wasn't looking for a girl when I found her. I was looking for. I was looking to him. I kept my eyes on him, and then, and then by his spirit, he gave me her. That's how to find the right person. You keep your eyes on him. You just keep your eyes on him. I said, you keep your eyes on him, because he knows what to do. He knows where he or she is. Amen. And he's going to help us. But we're going to keep our eyes on him. Hmm? And all Judah stood before the Lord, verse 13, with their little ones and their wives and their children. You know, your wives and children, your family's in on your battle, so you ought to get them in, you ought to get them in here to, to, to practice looking up. Huh? Then upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jael, the son of Manatha, uh, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, came the Spirit of the Lord in the middle of the congregation. Huh? I'm, that's exciting because the Spirit of the Lord came upon the people that are in the congregation, not just the preacher. The Spirit of the Lord came upon you. You ought to come to church every week and say, Lord, I'm asking you for an anointing today. 
I'm asking you, I'm, I'm going to usher your people today. I'm going to receive the offering. And Lord, I'm asking you to use me, to anoint me, to anoint me to be a friend today. Anoint me to be a blessing to somebody. I never come in here without saying, oh God, use me today. We pray back there before service and, and, and every time I pray, I say, Lord, use everybody here to be a blessing to somebody, to, to, to help them in their battle. That's what we're gonna do. Somebody say amen. The Spirit of God's gonna come upon you. You guys in the ministry of helps, people in the ministry of helps get such a, a, a physical you know, mentality that their work is, is outward and physical. It's not spiritual. Then your work is every bit as spiritual. Everybody that cleans this church, I, I wouldn't clean this church without praying in the Holy Ghost. I'd pray over every carpet square in here when I vacuum. Huh? I... When I'm in here walking around, you know, during the week and everything, I'm on the phone sometimes. I'll just go through here. I'm anointing chairs. I'm just laying my hand on. I'd say, Lord, this person that sits right here this Sunday, Lord, I'm asking you for the power of the Spirit to come upon them. Huh? That's why you're twitching tonight because I've been praying over your seat. You're feeling something on the inside. It's shaking. What's going on here? That's because the pastor's been praying over your chair for the Holy Spirit to come on whoever's in that chair. Huh? Huh. Verse uh, 15. And he said, Hearken ye, all of Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord to you. Here we go. This, so this is, this is God speaking to us in our battle tonight. Watch. He said, the Lord said, be not afraid. That's what the Holy Spirit's saying to us tonight. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of any report you ever get. We're not afraid. We are not fearful. It's, I don't care how bad it seems. It looks. I don't care how many people t- tell you it's, it's going to get worse. This is going to be, you know, no matter what they tell you, don't, do not be afraid. This is the Lord's word. Don't be afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude. And here's the reason why. Look at that. For the battle is not yours, man, oh man. I feel like I ought to just lay at the altar and finally get that message. You know, this battle, this is why this is cool. All I got to do is to keep my eyes on him and have the right mindset about what he's going to do and then understand this. Praise God, the battle is... the, the Yeah, but Lord... I'm here, and they're coming against me. This thing's coming against me. But the Lord keeps telling me, yeah, but don't worry about it. Don't be afraid about it. The battle's not yours. This battle, God didn't ask you to to finish off this, this multitude. He just asked you to keep your eyes on him. 
and know this, that the battle's not mine. That's, boy, that, I'm, I'm encouraged, especially with all the multitudes that are coming against, against us individually. I'm encouraged. The battle's not mine. But the battle is God's. In other words, this, you could say it this way. This problem you got, that's not your problem. That's God's problem. This battle you're in, that's God's problem. How's God going to get us all this money? I need, you know, I've been in places where I need, I've needed tens of thousands of dollars in a few days and just had no idea how it was going to get there. I had to keep my eyes on him and know this, that that battle is not mine. This is God's battle. Huh? I should have, really, I should have charged double to get in those doors tonight This for this kind of stuff. This, 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 is, this is like you got to, for me, this is, I'm feeding myself. This is prime rib here tonight. Huh? You got the special cut. He said this in verse 16. Tomorrow, go ye down against them. Well, I thought you said you were going to fight, <laughs> Lord. <laughs> yeah, but you, you got to go down. This is what the Lord told him. Tomorrow, go down against them. Behold, they're going to come up by the cliff of Ziz, and you will find him at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. And I love verse 17. But know this, when you go down there, you will not need to fight in this battle. Now, how am I going to fight a battle? Well, that's what I mean. You're not supposed to fight it. You did, all you got to do is, you know, you're, you're in my job. Keep our eyes on him. Know that the battle's not mine, but his. And go down there. You got you to gotta be willing to, to go toward the multitude and go down there when they all start coming up. Amen? You go down there, but know this. You won't need to fight. Huh? You will not need to fight in this battle. Set yourself and stand still. In other words, don't, don't do what Israel did when Goliath came out and roared at everybody and everybody took off running. You, the Lord said, when you go down there, set yourself and stand still. In other words, dig in and see the salvation of the Lord with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. Whatever you're facing tonight, I'm telling you, God's with us. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Now, don't you know that was some kind of scene? All this multitude with swords, horses, 
spears, all kinds of stuff, this multitude's coming against them, and they, and they're, what are they doing? They start, a, the Lord said they go down there, and you start a worship service. You worship. And the whole church, I like that, because there's all kinds of people in the church, when we start worshiping, there's all kinds of things going on. I was, I was in here doing my pray over the chairs thing last week, and I always look down, I'm always looking for specks and stuff, you know, uh, like little pebbles or so, just pieces of paper. It's amazing what, what sheep do during the thing here. Seriously, there's all kinds of papers, there's wrappers, there's, there's McDonald's bags wrapped up and stuffed under the thing. And the other day I was, I was in a certain section, I won't point at the section, Brother John, because it was right, right kind of in that area, but that's, I'm not saying it was John, it was that other guy that was sitting there. And I looked down and I, no, I noticed that there were fingernails that somebody, these big old fingernails, all right, they, to me they looked like some toenails. I don't know if, they, if anybody had that much courage. But there was a whole big pile of fingernails laying on the, on the carpet there. I thought, well, now there's somebody that should have been worshiping that was manicuring themselves. It's so easy to get distracted, man. How can you be worshiping the Lord and thinking about how do my fingernails look? Huh? Huh. This is, this is welcome to my world. This is my life. And uh, seriously, and I, you know, it just takes me a while to think that through. Now, how's that happen? And how did we're here shouting? I'm preaching my man. I'm preaching my vocal cords tired and worn out, and sore, and I'm sweating and all kinds of stuff. We're worshiping. We're shouting. We're jumping. All that stuff. And somebody's sitting in the middle of it instead of worshiping, filing their fingernails, I guess, and cutting, clipping their nails. Listen, I've seen some ugly nails in my lifetime. Have you? Huh? I've seen some ugly, I've had, I've had some myself. And if I don't, you know, men, we ought to, we, we, we need to encourage one another every once in a while to, to manicure yourself. You know, when you start getting a little older, there's hair starts growing all kinds of places in your body that's it's just, really, ought, somebody ought to point that out to you. Huh? Now, I, I'm going to tell this, so don't, don't be, don't be staring at my nose. But sometimes I, when we're getting ready for service or something, the, and the light, you know, in the bathroom, the light is really good, and there's a mirror there. And Sarah, she's got her own sink here next to my sink. And she'll look over at me. And I guess that light will hit right, and right on the end of my nose right there, there's a, there's a hair that keeps growing out. And she'll, and she'll, and, and she'll say, and, she, and I hate this when she does it because it, 
I'm, I'm concerned. Sometimes when she reaches for it, she gets more than the hair. She gets, she'll, with the tweezers, she'll grab my nose. And so I got to tell her, and then, and then I got to listen to her call me a big baby and all that kind of stuff. But she doesn't care what she doesn't care about that. What she cares is she's thinking about me. She wants me to be, she doesn't want me to come with a hair hanging, you know, growing out of the front of my nose. I curse that hair. I'm tired of Sarah tweezing that thing out of my nose. That thing is not gonna grow anymore in the name of Jesus. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. See, that's just welcome to my world. That's what I, that's what I mean. I, cause it's I I just walked around the sanctuary the rest of that time I was in here going. You mean we're how we we're worshiping the Lord? We're trying to get everybody to look up. It's somebody's manicuring their nails. I'm glad you manicured them. I just didn't want you to do it in the middle of worship. Huh. And, on, and I don't know how you recognize, how you determine the difference between male fingernails and female nails. All, I don't know if it's discernment or not on me, but they didn't look, they didn't look female, brothers. So, at least that got me out of trouble with the, with the sisters, right? They were worshiping the Lord. Verse 19. And the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and of the children of the Korhites, they stood up. They, they stood up. Right in the middle of church, they stood up. They stood up and they did something. They stood up to praise the Lord, God of Israel, with a loud voice on high. You can, I promise, man, you don't have, you, you know, you don't, <laughs> you don't have to, you don't have to like exactly what we do here and what we believe in, but I'll tell you this, guess what? We are not going to stop because you don't like it. We are going to. Because the Bible says we lift up, these guys stood up and they lifted up their voice with a loud voice. I'm looking for, you, you can tell by what broke out Sunday. I was so proud of this church Sunday. I mean, people really did what I challenged them to do. And we danced all over this house and we shouted and we sang. And the happiest moment of the whole day is when I, you know, because I kind of, I mean, I was, I, was, I was really tired. I was, my throat. I, I, I was at the end of how far I could go and we just gave it everything we had it was awesome when I left people were jumping and dancing here was my favorite part though and I went back into my office and when I got in my office as, I, as they were get, bringing me a, a, a water all of a sudden I heard it break out out here again I almost fell out in the spirit and fell on my sofa back there. I was like, that's what I'm talking about. Not just to be loud, but look here. 
we got big battles. We got to keep our eyes on him. We've got to know that the fight's not mine. It's his. And I got to praise him for it. I got to praise him for it. I said I got to praise him for it because I don't want to, I'm not going to be pushed out of my possession. I'm going to, I'll tell you what, I, I made up my mind. I'm going to get this church back to where I know it needs to be in worship and singing, dancing, all the things that we're called to do in the name of Jesus. That's just all there is to it. They jumped up and shouted with a loud voice. On high. Verse 20. And they rose early in the morning. And they went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and so you will be established. And believe his prophet, prophets, and you will prosper. Now watch. We're getting somewhere here. We're almost done. And when he had consulted with the people, I love this. He appointed singers. Singers. He appointed singers unto the Lord. He appointed them unto the Lord. He appointed them not to a, just a position, but he, he appointed them to the Lord. You, you're here. You, 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 you have an anointing to sing, but you don't belong to yourself. I appoint you today. You, you, you're appointed to the Lord. Your job is to sing to him. And then sing again. And then sing more. Amen. He appointed singers unto the Lord. What do singers have to do with the battle and the multitude? Apparently a lot. Because he's still trying to get us through it. Huh? He appointed singers unto the Lord. And that they should praise the beauty of his holiness as they went out before the army. And they should say, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. And when they began to sing and praise, huh? When they began to sing and praise, I said when they began to sing and praise, when they began to sing in praise, the Lord set, set ambushments against the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, which came against Judah, and they were smitten. You know what? You know what they what he told them to do? He said, Have my kind of church. Have my kind of church. Just keep your eyes on me. Tell people to look up. Worship. Sing. Bow down. Have some people jump up and shout real loud. Then appoint the singers and break into a song. 
And while that's happening, God was doing his part to take care what he just do exactly what he told him. The battle's not yours, the battle's mine. But it took him a while to get us to do what he what we were supposed to do. So that then he could do what he's supposed to do. I just got a feeling that he can't do what he's supposed to do until we do what we're supposed to do. Huh? And God, he, God started, he, look what he did. He set ambushes. He ambushed them. Hmm? You know, one time God, he, he, during Joshua's time, when the enemies were running all around, the Lord threw, the Bible says this, it said, and the Lord threw hailstones at them. I mean, hailstones just started coming out of the sky, man, because God threw them. And the Bible says he, he killed more of them with his hailstones than they all killed with their swords. But look here. But this time, he didn't throw any hailstones. You know what he did? He just set ambushments. He, he did it. He took care of it. Ha. Huh. And he set ambushments. That's good, isn't it? And when they began to sing in praise, the Lord set ambushments, verse 22, against the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. For the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir utterly to slay and destroy them. That's what, he's, that's what I mean. That's, what they're, that's their, what they're trying to do. To slay and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, everyone helped to destroy another. But when Judah came toward the watchtower in the wilderness, they looked unto the multitude. Judah, the praisers, they were, they were so, so caught up in heaven worship and saying praising, looking up that they, they had forgotten about the multitude. But when they, when they got their head up and they started walking, the Bible says, look at that, that they looked at the multitude and behold, they were dead bodies fallen to the earth Oh, help me, Jesus. Huh? When they looked at that multitude that came to destroy them, they, all they saw was dead bodies everywhere. There were, there, there were dead bodies falling to the earth. Oh, that last part, man, when I saw that the other day, I nearly threw a fit. And none escaped. None of them. God killed them all. Judah did not swing a punch. They didn't swing a sword. 
They didn't shoot a slingshot. All they did was keep their eyes on him and worship the Lord and praise him and shout and glorify God and dig in and set themselves. And the Lord God Almighty went against the enemy and set ambushments. And, and when they looked up, all they saw was dead bodies. Ha! I prophesy over us tonight, I speak by the Spirit, that, that when you look up, when you look up from worshiping the Lord, huh? I want you to know, all, all you're going to see, all you're going to see is dead bodies. The dead bodies of your enemies, Sanjeev, that tried to kill you, tried to take you out. All we're going to see is the enemy that tried to destroy him, that's trying to destroy me and you. All we're going to see is dead bodies laying everywhere. Huh? And I love that part. And not one of them. You know, God didn't kill a lot of them. He didn't kill most of them. He killed all of them. Every problem in Pastor Jim Crabb's life, God is fighting my battle for me. He's going to get me through that problem. And he's not letting any one of my problems ever survive because he's taking them out. He's going to put dead bodies all around my life. And that's for all of us tonight, for the glory of God. I just challenge you. Man, it's 9.30. I probably ought to quit by now. Huh? But I challenge you, read the rest of that chapter. Read the rest of those verses. And read them, and then read them again. And then read them again. We are going to keep our eyes on Him. And we are going to worship Him. Somebody shout We trust you enjoyed this message. For more information about Pastor Jim Crabb and Imago Day, please visit our website at imagodeicincy.com. I-M-A-G-O-D-E-I-C-I-N-C-Y.com.